What up, King James Gossip? This is King James Gospel's podcast featuring co-expert Nathan Beatley, our, my co-host, contributor Jared Hesketh, and our returning guest, contributor Dan Gilski. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well, except for the Cavs talk. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, before we get into uh, all our Cavs news, let's go with two quick questions about the NBA in general. Who do you guys view as the biggest all-star snub this year? There's there's a couple really good ones. The East has some, like, Drummond, Simmons. I, I'm going to go with Chris Paul. But he's missed 17 games, but 19-so points, 9 assists. His team's amazing. I feel like that would be much more warranted over Clay. I just feel like the Rockets, number two in the West, need that second all-star. I'm going to have to go with Paul George because I cannot be convinced that Draymond Green is having a better season than Paul George. Paul George is leading the league in steals. He's averaging a little more than two. Shooting 40% from three, 20 points per game. I mean, Draymond's like obviously an all-around great player, but it's it's Paul George. Uh, I'd, I'd go with CP3 too just because you look at the look at the record when he's in there and, and when he's not and – they're just so hard to account for with him out there. Uh, obviously, brings that defensive element too, and you pretty much replace Patrick Beverly with Chris Paul. You can just tell how much exponentially they're a better team. And I mean, PG is in the, that discussion too. But I, personally, I think Draymond Green's always an All Star. I mean, I, I don't love the dude, but uh, you look at all the advanced metrics and and all he does defensively, being able to switch really one through five a fair amount of the time. I just feel like he's kind of a perennial guy in that realm. So I, I'd say Chris Paul, though. I definitely feel that because that's definitely. I mean, that's the answer I went with. My second question. Yeah, it's it's definitely there's a couple because Drummond made it. You could Lou even Will. argue that Love. You could even argue that Love shouldn't have made it. Lou Will got snubbed. We can't forget about him. Lou Will, the Clippers are trash, and they don't – I don't think Lou Will should have got in over Clay or anyone. Yeah. But uh, my other question is, do you guys hear about the John Wall, J.J. Barea beef? Yes, when he called them a little midget. Yeah. Do, you think that, do you think that there's any way that J.J. Barea could take John Wall in a fight? No. John Wall's a straight thug. If I'm – if this – you know what, J.J. Brea, he's he's a mean little guy. But if I had to bet my money on it, I'm going John Wall. Dan, yeah. John Wall or J.J.? Clearly John Wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just got the, the reach in general. Like, There's not much J.J. Brea is going to do. It'd be like when you see like a bouncer like grabbing somebody's head when they're trying to punch him and they're like running into him or something. It's like... No, yeah, no that's way. that's the first thing I thought of. And do you guys actually believe that his teammates don't like him? Because I'm not buying that either. Whose teammates? John Walls. Because didn't Berea say that? Oh, yeah, he did. No, I don't buy that. I think – how can you not love John Walls? He's awesome. I mean, I you don't – you say that, but you don't know how they are behind the – Right. On the I'm court, not, behind closed doors, you know. I'm, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess – 
I I don't really see any like intangibles that like his teammates wouldn't like about him. I mean, he could be like mean, or I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say so. Dan, I like do you buy well. into that? Yeah, I, I don't really either. Like, what what standing does he really have? Like, who does he know in that locker room? I mean, maybe he knows somebody, but yeah, I think that's just all BS. Fair. That's kind of what I was thinking. Just thought we'd uh, throw those in there before we really got into the Cavs grind. So this past week we went one and two. Pretty tragic. We, uh, as you can recall, up 20 at half against the Magic, one by one. We lost to the Thunder, ABC, primetime 330 game by 24. They shot 58%. And we gave up 148 points, which is the most any LeBron team has ever given up. And then. You know, you thought they've been losing a lot. So they're going to come out with some energy to acquire Spurs. Yeah, you would have been wrong because they lost that by 12 points. So we know the struggles are there. We know the struggles are real. And for a while, I feel like as a Cavs fan, I thought we were just hiding the struggles. We were like, we can snap out of this. We can. We don't need a trade necessarily. But now I think it's almost at that point where there's no coming back. Right. So what... Do you guys have any other takeaways from those three games besides the defense and other issues that we can note, uh, noticeably see? Uh, during the Spurs game, you could you could tell that they did not want to be there. Nobody was trying. I don't even think I don't even think LeBron really cared about the thirty thousand point as much as he really wanted to because, like. They looked so out of place. Like, they don't even look like an NBA team almost. They were getting torched by Tony Parker and LaMarcus Aldridge. DeJounte Murray played really well. Um, J.R. Smith scored big fat zero. It was bad. Dan, any other takeaways from this past week of games? Yeah, I mean, he pretty much hit the nail on the head and – I, I just – I know IT's injured. I mean, he's clearly not healthy. But, I mean, that one possession where Kyle Anderson, of all people, who quite frankly, I think I am I might beat in a 40. Like, just took the ball from end to end with, like – Isaiah Thomas was literally, like, riding his coattails. Like, he was behind him, like, walking the ball down the floor and had pretty much an uncontested layup, like, end to end. I just don't see – I'm not going to call out the Cavs for non-effort because I really don't know what's going on in the locker room. Clearly, I, I'm not going to say I do. But the OKC game and, and even in the Golden State game, which is you would think like through three quarters it was pretty neck and neck. It seemed like we were defensively. But we just run out of – like in the fourth quarter, typically when you look at – the first couple months of the year, the Cavs were always like near the top in terms of clutch net rating and stuff like that. And they found a way to be better defensively in the fourth quarter. Their stats were way better in that quarter. Now they're like so much worse. And I mean, our defense is about on the same par as the Sacramento Kings. So that just tells you what you need to know. I think we're like a tenth of a point away from being ranked last yeah, in defense. Yeah, it was Zach Lowe tweeted it was a tenth of a point away, I think. Yeah, yeah it's bad. And one more thing. Um, during the Spurs game, did you guys see when Love got elbowed by LaMarcus Aldridge and he fell on the ground? Oh, God, and Jay Crowder just stepped up. over him. 
just he looked at him, stepped over, and went and got the ball. And then there was another there was another situation where Isaiah Thomas was fouled and he was on the floor, and people were just looking at him and he he screamed at LeBron and Jay Crowder to help him up. I mean, you can tell they're not having point, fun. At that point, no. you can really tell that they're not playing for each other anymore. No, they're not and having fun playing. And the no. crazy thing to me is that they're still somehow third in the East. Well, what makes be, me what makes me really mad is the Celtics have lost four straight. Like this could have been our time to like gain yeah. some ground on them, and we we just keep sliding. And like I don't know if the Celtics will have another um, like slide like this, and I doubt they will because they're a really good basketball team. But th- I think we're blowing our chance to get the one seed or even the two seed. All right, so the midseason collapse, the slumps upon us. One thing that we all know is that changes are coming. Tyron Lue said after the other game that we have changes coming. Who's not starting? Because it's hard to say that the guy you traded for, Kyrie Irving for, isn't starting. J.R. Smith, he said he doesn't have an issue for it, but I also feel like he has, he's got some pride issues. And I'm not sure who you would start over him. Like, do you really want to bring Dwayne Wade off the bench into the starting lineup? Well, if I had to choose, there's two. I have two stands. Well, what do you? Yeah, what, what I, do you? What do you think's going to be the new starting lineup? What do I think, or what do I want? What do you think? I don't okay, care. I what think. You want. I okay, <laughs> thanks. I think um, Lou's just going to bring in Double T and move Love to the four, and then Jay Crowder. Slide Crowder goes, out. Jay Crowder either goes to the two or he goes on the bench. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if uh, Lou decides to start Corver and put Jr. to the bench. Which I would prefer, by the way. Well, I think that's almost the thing that has to happen for Corver to get back on. Because if you notice, Corver struggled the last couple games because Rose and Wade are both on the second unit and Thompson. They just fly. Yeah, they fly out to Corver. They can double him. He's not really athletic, so he can't really get out of that. He panics and just tosses it back to the top of the key, and that sets ruined. I think. I think it's in the team's best interest to start Corver. All right, Dan. Yeah, yeah I was going to say the exact same thing. Is like you just said it right there with D Wade and uh, Rose going to the rack, and I mean Wade has that nice step back J here and there, and the nice turnaround. But yeah, Corver's just getting smothered. Uh, on the wing, so he's he's got to be and he's got to be probably playing the three with Love and uh, TT. He'll probably go to the five. I mean, for some reason, Teron Lou loves uh, TT even with Love. I don't understand that, but I, I would think that's probably what Lou will do is probably move uh, get that four and five combination of Love and Thompson, which is has been an issue for so long, but. When you look at the net rating of minus twenty two point eight of the current starters, like they ha- they have to do something, I guess defensively that might help. But uh, Kevin Love will still probably get isolated in pick and roll defensively, which really won't help. And the problem is when you put Corver next to TT and Love, the perimeter defense with Jr. lacking there this year and Isaiah Thomas being a complete sieve at the point position, 
the defense is probably not going to be much better because Tristan Thompson's rim protection is probably slim to none at this point. But you have to try to do something drastic, and with the trades will probably come. But, yeah, it'll probably just be Lou doing his typical love at four and, and TT at the five. So I, I'm i with Jared on that, but you, you kind of have to put in Corbin at this point to see if he can get going. Yeah, so nothing too crazy coming. No uh, Derek Rose over IT, nothing like that. What do that. you think, Colin? What do you think, Nathan? Uh, I would like to see IT benched personally. I think he would. Oh wow! I think he would do much better off the second unit, and I think maybe play without a point guard. Maybe that's how you get LeBron to really start caring and to get him to have the ball in his hands more. Maybe. Um, because I feel like I think we had a writer. Oh, who was it? It was our Elena Brown. She wrote yesterday on how when LeBron kind of slumps. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that was it. Was a terrific piece. But yeah, so shameless plug. Go check it out. It was great. It was our first piece actually, and it was about when LeBron slumps, the whole team follows him, and it's true. It's actually really true. If you watch the game, if LeBron's disinterested, the Cavs are taking a thirty-point L. Yeah. So I I kind of say you put LeBron at the point guard. You put you start Corver, start Smith. Start green and love. You want to start Smith? I mean, I'm start okay with starting Smith. Start I, I, know, Smith. I know what Smith is going to give me. He's going to give me mediocre three-point shooting and pretty bad defense. So, you well, know, why mediocre. not start him? Mediocre is – that's being nice. He's like five for 31 in the past seven games. You know what I don't understand is why does J.R. Smith I have seen pass open – so many floater opportunities from probably like nine or ten feet. He's actually good on that shot off the dribble. He can make those. He's and doing a lot better him, driving than he is shooting threes now. Well, but him passing up those shots forces turnovers because that's basically a turnover. And he does that so often, and he'll kick it out to like Crowder, who will pump fake one time, take it one dribble back, and then shoot a long two and brick it, and then we'll give up transition baskets the other way. Like, there's so much wrong with J.R. Smith that it has to be there's something he's in his own head, but he's not just playing bad – like, his bad offense is leading, like, us playing bad defense, and so he's, he's just been terrible. Do you think that LeBron's and Kyrie's ability to just take games in their own hand – now that we don't have Kyrie, do you think that unveils or reveals the weaknesses on the team? Do you think yeah. Kyrie's Kyrie's playmaking kind of just? Hmm? Uh, I mean, do you think they, it, we would have had these same issues last year, same team, if we would have had it all season? Do you think Kyrie was the one basically holding the glue together on this dysfunctional team? Because we had the same slump last year, but they won't. They won like eight in a row towards the end of the season. I'm not sure this team's doing that. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's a totally different team. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, top from bottom for sure. But we all can agree one thing's happening. We're making a trade. Multiple. And we're, we're, we're changing the starting lineup, maybe multiple, making multiple yeah. trades. Who really knows what we're doing? But if you're ty- – if you're – is it – it's Co- it's Kobe Altman, right? Yep. Yep. For some reason, I always think it's a D instead of a B. But Don't if be. you're, yeah, 
if you're Altman, who's on the block? Like everybody, everybody except for LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. I I I want well, to. Wade, Wade doesn't really have value elsewhere. Well, I'm saying Dwayne Wade because that's LeBron's boy. You can't trade him. That'll piss LeBron off so so much. You can't do that. Oh yeah, if I saw Dwayne Wade was in a trade, I'd be so shocked. Right. So I say LeBron and Dwayne Wade, and I want to say Kevin Love, but I almost can't say Kevin Love because I I want to say Kevin Love is untradeable, but I can't because I think he holds the most value on the team. I'm not sure if I I'm say. I'm gonna Thomas. tell you this. If they trade Kevin Love, they're going for Cousins. Because I've heard a lot of people theorize that trade. And Cousins, for Love and the Brooklyn pick, like Cousins would do really well with Davis. That's right. what I'm saying. You mean you mean Love would do really well with yeah. Davis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, right. Cousins does well with him, but Love, Davis is, Love is the type of player that Davis needs with him. Well, the thing is, I, I don't think... Um, New Orleans is going to trade Cousins. I would love to get Cousins, but I don't see it happening. Oh, especially not after that like tw- 40, 20, and 10 night. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, I, think they're, I think they're riding out that like anti-analytics deal. And I guess it's really not even anti-analytics because both of them can hit threes too. Like, I don't, I don't see why they would bring in love. I mean, well, ugh. it's hard I to think... say. Would, would, you, would you think they would – Maybe can like. Do you think there's any hope at all whatsoever? We could maybe get Anthony Davis instead, or is it just Cousins? No, I don't think I don't think they'll it's trade not Anthony Davis, Davis for right? anything. I was no. actually thinking about this the other day, and the Cavs slumped at the worst time because they did earlier on in the season. We were theorizing: Can we get Paul George? Can we get Demarcus Cousins? Can we get them if the Pelicans drop and the Thunder drop? But instead of them dropping, it's us who looks like we really need help now. Like we're, like and we're then desperate. Teams, like, I don't, if I'm the Clippers, I'm not trading DeAndre Jordan unless I'm getting the Nets pick because I know that the Cavs need DeAndre Jordan. We're, we're desperate, exactly. And but, uh, yeah, we have no leverage with anybody. Right. Let me, all right. So let me rephrase who's on the block because I think I exaggerated it a bit. If I'm Colby Altman, I'm not trading LeBron, D Wade, Corver, Jeff Green. And then you can throw in love, maybe. But those four players, for sure. LeBron, D-Wade, Corver, Jeff Green. Everyone else, they could go. I don't want to see IT go. I don't want to see Love go. But you got to do what I you got to do sometimes. the only one that I don't want to see go, I'm actually okay with if IT leaves. I'm a, I just don't want to see Chetty traded. Cause I oh, think yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, he has value. <laughs> he has value. Unlike a lot – well, unlike all the other veterans, Chetty has value. I don't think – I don't think he's untouchable, but I don't think Dan Gilbert will will allow him to be traded. You know what's been ticking me off really is the Cavs will be down 10, and Chetty will just get garbage time minutes. I'm I like, want, he puts in want, so much more hustle than Jay Crowder. Yeah. I, you know what? Would you guys – how about this starting line? Would you be mad if Jetty started over JR? I mean, I wouldn't be I, mad if Chetty started. I, I, I don't think it'll happen, be, but sorry. you don't go from garbage time minutes to starting. Not right. in the NBA. Yeah, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad about that. Go for it, Dan. My bad. No, you're fine. I was gonna say I wouldn't be mad, but Jr. would probably be mad. But oh uh, yeah, who cares what <laughs> if Jr. is mad though? No, I, I don't. I was just being sarcastic. But Jr. Uh, Jr. is not doing anything for anybody right now. 
I've, it almost seems like JR theoretically is untradeable because no one probably wants JR at this point. Nobody watches like, contract. Nobody does, yeah. No. Well, and, I've always thought it was the same with Thompson because Thompson's making what, like $18 million? I think he's making 16, but you could be right. I think it's yeah, 16. It was, it was, that, it was 16, yeah. That's still a lot for a player that doesn't really have an offensive game or really a defensive game. The thing with Double T, though, is he's he's young. JR is not – he's not going to get any better from this point. Double T has – TT I'm can not, still d- Double T is not – TT is not getting any better. I'm not saying get he's going to get better. I'm just. I'm not saying he's gonna get better. I'm saying he's he's 25 and Jr. is 32. He has more value than Jr. He's 25. I think he's 26. Yeah. Okay, he's mid. Oh, I thought he was like. He's 29. significantly significantly younger though. No, he's he's young. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as who I think is on the block, uh, well, actually, I'm gonna say it how you said it before, and who isn't on the block. I'm just gonna say everyone is, other than. Uh, LeBron, D. Wade, um, Corver, Green, and um, Jetty. Sorry, I, I think we're holding on to him. Actually, right. I agree. All right, let's check out our. All right, I have one more kind of interesting question for us. Who gets picked last in the All Star Game draft? Sorry to just veer away from that, but I think we all know a trade's coming. We all know something's happening. A lot of us don't know what. We can theorize a lot in there, but we uh, the trade the trades will come, and we'll definitely discuss them when they happen. But I don't want to spend too much just theorizing on who we thinks we're better off without because we're basically better off without two thirds of the team. Who do I think personally? I think. Kyle Lowry will probably get picked last just because like overall I think he's I'm not like saying worse is, is I don't a know lack he can give terms. you some three point shooting and some oh, right. he's, he's a lack of, that's worse is a lack of better terms when you're talking about an all-star draft like you can't go wrong with anybody but I think when you look at the overall talent if I was a captain if I was LeBron or if I was a Steph I'd I'd probably pick Lowry last personally Dan, who's your last pick before we get into our mailbag? Uh, probably Brad Beal. I don't think I think a lot of teams like is kind of being like fun, and you have guys like Giannis or or like Steph with the handle stuff like that. I feel like Bradley Beal. Not that he's a bad player by any stretch, but he just doesn't have a whole lot of charisma, and I feel like people don't really might not know him as well. So I think probably Brad Beal. Unfortunately, he's a first year or first all-star guy, but I just, I don't really see much in terms of showmanship he has. So maybe him. Uh, personally, I think I'm going either Horford or love. Love? I like Beal. Okay. So don't get me <laughs> oh, wrong man. here. It's all about, it's oh. all about athleticism. In my opinion, you get players to be athletic and the more athletic, I feel like the more value you have. And I want to see, I think Beal will get drafted early. I think the Lowry will even get drafted early because if you can put points on the board in a fast time, that's why I think Horford's probably last just because he's, he's a great defender, but is there any defense? Right. I don't I know. Could see, I could see Horford being picked last. I don't see Love being – I think LeBron's going to pick Love early, actually. I don't think he'll pick – I don't think LeBron will pick Love early. I, he will. He'll make a statement. That's my boy. 
and everything will be perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, so... Al Horford will uh, get does he, if he if he got points off ball, he'd be like the first pick. So. All right, you heard it. You heard it here first. Al Horford is the last pick. Celtics suck. And right, go Cavs. <laughs> go Cavs. We're we've only won yeah, like three of our last like fifteen. Right. All right. That said, for the first time in a couple weeks, we actually have a a lot of mailbag questions. Let's so go. We're try to get into those really quick. We got all three of them from our one of our Facebook posts. Vicky Jones was wondering why is Cleveland playing so bad? Is it Coach Lou's fault, or should the players be replaced? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm gonna go with both. I think Lou should be fired. I think David Fisdale should be hired, and I think Ooh, that we need rhymed. To, it was bars. Leave this in there. And I think um, <laughs> I think a lot of the roster has to be traded. I think for us to like the relationships are not good. So it's not like anybody is will be upset that someone else is true. Yeah, it's such a mean? fairly new team that unless you're Wade or James, you don't really have a bond or love. Exactly. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I I say it's both. But you have to you have to you got to do something. Whether it's trading multiple um, players away or doing something with Lou, you got to do something. All right, Dan. Is it Lou or is it the players? Is it both? What should they do? Yeah, I'll I'll put it more on the players. I would say that's a that's a very good question. But obviously, the head man in in basketball is is going to get more of the blame a lot of the time since it's such a players driven league. And I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be hundred percent fine with Lou going and and Fizz coming in, but I I just don't know how that's realistically going to happen because. Fizz has said, or reported to have said that he's probably not going to come here because LeBron's indecision and uh, whether or not he'll sign or not sign, that sort of thing. But I would say it's more on the players, and and obviously Altman and company have to make uh, some tough decisions here. And and like you said, uh, Nate, or Nathan, sorry, um, since it's such a new team, it's, it's like, Everybody seems like they're so transient and uh, how we really haven't had that cohesiveness yet because we haven't been together that long. Uh, at least a fair amount of the pieces haven't. So, yeah, I would say it's more on the players, but obviously Lou deserves a lot of the blame too because if you look at the defensive ratings, uh, for example, since he's taken over each year, it's just gotten worse and worse. Uh, and, yeah, he deserves a lot of the blame, but I, I would say it's more – changes have to be made from the roster standpoint. Exactly. And I think when you're looking as a Cavs fan, I think one thing that we didn't hit on this week, which we should have probably is the way that how the Spurs came out and how they said, how they handled the LaMarcus Aldridge trade situation. And I Mm kind of almost would wish that we would fire. I mean, uh, Griffin's already gone, but I kind of wish we would fire Lou just because he didn't go to Kyrie and say, how can I make you happy? Because that's how this, this all would have been avoided if we just did that. But you cannot, pers- you cannot compare Popovich and Lou. That's one of the problems. Yeah, Popovich I mean, you can't compare them, but you can ask for that type of demeanor in a clubhouse. Right. And uh, I think for the second part of that question, uh, I honestly think half the battle is firing Lou. Um, I feel like half the battle is also ridding the team of 
the negative almost. I almost feel like J.R. Smith's a player that has to go. You just have to find a way to let him go. Unless he can – because J.R. Smith's just so contagious. If he doesn't play well, the team doesn't play well. It's almost like a mini LeBron. And if he's very discontent, then you're going to see that in the whole in the whole demeanor of the team, in my opinion. And let me say this. If that report of um, J.R. Smith being fine, if he got a bench roll – that could be huge for the Cavs because if because like you said he his um his emotions they they translate to other people on the team like like they're very um I'm, I don't know the word let me ask you guys they're contagious this. yeah they're contagious he's he's definitely a big part of like the pulse of the roster yeah sure. do you for think sure. Jr said do you think when Dwayne Wade said that I believed it. But do you think J.R. Smith said that to be politically correct and not to cause trouble or because he's actually fine, finally coming off the bench? Well, I didn't see the interview. I read about it and I don't know if there was an, I don't know if there was like a video, but I think at this point, how bad the team is doing, I think, I think he's a little more sincere about it than he was before. Um, because he, he, uh, he ended his statement with, I just want us to win. So I could see it. I could see it being sincere. I hope it is. Yeah, I'd be disappointed because the, the stats don't lie. Like he just he can't hit water if he fall out of the boat right now. So you have to have a little bit of self awareness. And I think as the years have gone on, especially since he's been here, uh, when you look at how he, I mean, initially earlier in his career, he didn't even play a lick of defense, and up until this year, he has at least been and a pretty effective perimeter defender. So you have to think there's, like you said, it has to be some truth in that, even even though it's not totally in his DNA to be content with that. But he's had success off the bench in his career before, and I think it definitely would help us if, if at least he said that meaningfully. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. And we're just going to go ahead and move on to our second question. I think we covered that one adequately. This is kind of funny. Patricia Dosky said, where the hell is Fry? <laughs> He's going to sack, baby. <laughs> so does anybody know where Fry is? He's obviously on the bench. Is there any good reason why we haven't at least tried to play him? It's just like Chetty. Why not, why not give him meaningful minutes? Well, Fry is going to be traded to Sacramento. But if she's talking like before that, Beats me. I have no idea. I'd rather have him play the second unit than Tristan Thompson because he works really well with Corver. Um, but yeah, he's he's most likely on his way to Sacramento anyways, so Dan, where's Fry? What Jared said, pretty much. Probably doing a podcast right now, so uh Hey, at least this way he'll be closer he's, to Richard. Right. Yeah, that's or, true. You know, that's a yeah, good point. right. He's probably saying his farewells yeah. on his road tripping right now. He'll only sadly. be like four, probably like six okay. hours from Denver now. He'll get bought out, though. Maybe. Oh, yeah, and then we'll sign him back. I don't or know. Maybe, that's like a $10 million contract. Maybe the Warriors yeah, pick him up or something. I, I was going to say, yeah, maybe he'll go to the Bay, too, unfortunately. Nah, I don't think he'd do that. Maybe he will. I don't know. I mean, Virgil pretty hey, maybe, much did that. Maybe he'd go to, like, the Spurs or something like that. If he got I'd like Ooh. to see that. Just for that. Yeah, I would, too. I could kind of see him on the Spurs, too. He's got that veteran 
swag yeah. to him that he's like, I, I play for the Spurs. Right. Hey, or maybe he a, goes to Denver and reunites with RJ. That'd be cool, too. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a one-trick one Clydesdale with a ring, so he's fine. Yeah, he'll retire in two years and continue making funny remarks on Twitter. You think All he's right. got another two years in him? I don't know about that. Oh, no. he. This is this could be his last run, just like RJ. RJ's done after this year. But th- these have been some fire questions, though. Questions for yeah. For sure. All right. The last one's even pretty good, too. Jackie Skinner, again, all of them from Facebook. Give our Facebook a look. She said, why is Lou still the coach? He doesn't know how to use timeouts. <laughs> uh, that's a question we've all been asking. I'm not sure why Lou is still the coach. <laughs> Out of curiosity, we all saw a pop call a timeout 14 seconds into the game, right? That was the greatest thing I've ever <laughs> that seen. That is how you use life. a timeout right there. That was incredible. You give up <laughs> but, a three, um, timeout. Right. And you could tell the Cavs were the Cavs players were like, what the hell just happened? But um I don't know why Lou's still the coach. Um, along with his misuse of timeouts, there's a lot of other things he doesn't do very well in my opinion. Finally changing the starting lineup after Yeah. I mean he's he's about a month late on that, but <laughs> at least he's at least he's trying, you know. Um I don't know. I guess the front office likes him. That's my only that's my only answer. And a lot of basketball analysts like him, and I'm not sure why. All right, Dan. Why is Lou still around? Yeah, maybe he's a nice guy. He must uh, be a real nice guy. People, people feel bad for him for being stepped up over back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of – I'm not really, really sure. Maybe he has a boyish charm. I, I don't know. Maybe but, they're just uh, trying to give him the career he always deserved as a player. Yeah, that must be some of it. I I really couldn't tell you. Maybe LeBron likes him. I I don't know. But his timeout usage yeah, has been pretty bad. It, it seems like some games he either calls too many timeouts or, or too, almost too little, or he doesn't. He waits like a quarter and a half too late to make lineup changes, even in game two. So, yeah, along with the misuse of timeouts, he doesn't put the best or he doesn't use his rotations very well and he doesn't put the best lineups out there on the court either. right and like why why does he only play chetty for during that good stretch we had was getting meaningful minutes like especially at the end of quarters things like that like i don't understand why during timeouts when jay crowder's shooting 12 percent from the field in a game you can't take him out and put in somebody that's willing to put the work in and somebody like, I mean, obviously not now, but yeah, it, it beats me as to why he's still our coach. I think at this point, they're probably just trying to weather the storm like until the trade deadline, maybe, uh, maybe. to see if maybe they're trying to give him a couple pieces to see if he can flip the switch, if you will. But yeah, as far as the timeouts go, it's such a case by case thing where I think the Cavs, have I don't know if it's as much situate situationally that we're having problems as much as it is the roster just has not worked out and Lou is trying to play with a lot of pace. If you look at it, uh, the Cavs in the month of January had the second highest pace of any team in the league and were three and ten in the month of January. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, Lou loves to play with pace, so I, I don't understand it at all. Yeah. Basically, both of them. Yeah. 
So that said, there's still a lot we don't understand. I don't know why lose coach. I don't honestly pay attention to the coaching much. I pay attention to a lot more of the subs. And I've seen times where it's almost like it was, I think it was the thunder game. What were we down? Like 16 to like four or something. And the second unit just then (laughs) hits the court. Like if our second unit's playing better, you got to let them, you got to get them in quicker. Like, surround LeBron with those guys. Give him a fighting chance, at least. Right. I don't know. I think it's a lot more on the subs. I don't know. I just don't pay attention to timeouts too closely when I'm watching the games. Well, uh, that wraps up a nice mailbag session. Yeah, that was nice. uh, Thankful for the questions. And uh, we have our game previews now. Four games this week. And hopefully, we pray we don't go 0-4. Because it's four Eastern Conference contenders. You got the Pacers at home, the Pistons at home, the Pistons away, and then Miami at home, and that's a back-to-back with the Pistons game before it. Oh, my so God. So I already got – Dan went with a win against Indiana, a win against Detroit, a loss, and then a loss. What do you think is going to happen this week? Me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know, dude. I – I every every week we do this podcast. I'm waiting for the Cavs to pull it together, and then I, then they don't, and then I get all sad. So against Indiana, we're 0 and 3 so far this season. Are we playing there or in Cleveland? I think we're playing in Cleveland. In and L. as they say in baseball, it's hard to beat a team four times in a right. row, unless unless you're the Cavaliers. Um, I'll go with a win against Indiana. Detroit, uh, I'll go with the the second game. Is that in Detroit or in Cleveland? Do you know? It's, it's a home and home. We play it's in home, Cleveland. It's home Sunday. and then away. Yeah, okay, so it's home, home and then away. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to go win, in Indi- or win against Indiana, win against Detroit, loss against Detroit, uh, win against Heat. Going three and one. So you do have some hope here. You're building always, hope back in this. I team. always, I always do have faith, and you know, we'll see what happens. Do you guys know what I just actually learned the other day? What that we name our picks of the week: twenty-one Shump Street, obviously after Iman Shumpert, and he that Shump, Shump Street is actually a street in Portsmouth, Ohio. Really? That's fun facts for you to end the to end the episode. I made that up. I made that up for my fantasy basketball team. Did you? I did, did you actually yeah. make it up, or did you just look at Portsmouth and find it? I don't know what Portsmouth is. <laughs> well, I made it off twenty. I made it off twenty-one Jump Street. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for you this week. Hopefully, come back, join us next week. We will probably actually be dropping an episode Saturday morning because there's just so much happening with this team. We thank Dan for joining us again. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, guys, for inviting me again. Appreciate it. And uh, we're looking forward to more Cavs basketball. Thanks for listening and enjoy.